When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 96 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week. Delighted to be joined by Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Shit. Dave McGee, how's things? Ditto, yeah. I am full agreement about how Jerry's feeling because that's how <laughs> I feel. And um, what's the crack, Donald Kelly? Absolutely fantastic, Ronan. Fair play, yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> So this week, we will look back on Saturday's 3-0 defeat to Shelburne. We will hear your shouts from the shed end. We will also look back on the women's team's victory over Cork at Turner's Cross. And we will also chat to the player that scored the two goals in that game, AC Howe. We'll also be joined by Gary Buckley, a man who has played for both Sligo Rovers and Cork City as we make the long trip down to Turner's Cross on Friday night. For that game. So first of all, lads, go back to Saturday, Jerry, 3-0 against Shells. Uh not a good night in the office. Not a good not a good night, Irene. No, look, I think you just need to look at Bear Scorecasts um the last two weeks in a row. Um we've had the usual maybe hundred or so enter that. And not one predict, one person predicted uh, either scoreline. So that in itself kind of shows that we were expecting a little bit more as supporters. And you know, I didn't see, I didn't see three 0 coming. I, I look, we all knew it was going to be tough. We knew it was going to be physical. We knew that shells would kind of run through brick walls for for the team. And as I said last week, you know, we have better footballers, but we needed to match that. I suppose intensity and level of uh, pressing and tackling and trying to win second balls and we just just never never competed in that regard at all. And as the game went on, I just think that we just kept fading away. Um, a couple of probably small controversial decisions, but we're never at the races, never at the races. And I think, you know, have have we still been there till now? we wouldn't have scored and we didn't deserve to score we are just very very uh, not even average I'd say and David is that the main frustration I suppose that you know you know we've seen some you know it's all good to win and all that kind of stuff I know we lost on, on Saturday but the the manner of the performance wasn't wasn't really what's 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 required yeah it's 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 really tough because apart from the, the game before that, you know, we played really well in, in Tala and then we dug out a, a result we were saying about the mental character of the team and the toughness that's there and, and throughout the group and that kind of thing. And then that was the last thing, you know, the furthest thing from the truth that you, you could say about the performance on uh, on Saturday night. It was so disheartened. Um, it's it's I'm sure I agree that it's it's 
it's the, it's been a long time since I've been that angry watching a football game. You know, as Jerry said, we probably have the better footballers across the squad, um, but our lads just didn't didn't run through a brick wall at all. They didn't they, they they ran about, but that was about it. They were bullied um, from start to finish. Didn't win a first ball, didn't win a second ball, and we looked like a team that had never played together, which was really really strange. You know, the, the first touch was off. Mark Coyle, to be fair to him. I don't see the dark arts, but he put himself about and started bullying early. I think Vastok took a little bit of a bang to the head and he got up and walked away with his head down and it almost kind of set the tone for the rest of the game because we couldn't get near them. Um, Greg Greg did try and rattle him and look, it was a bit stop-start from the ref. We don't want to go down that path and give him out again, which we might end up doing, but it is definitely the manner of the performance. You hold your hands up and say, we absolutely deserve to get beat 3-0, if not more, because there's no positives at all to take away from Saturday night, uh, which is ultimately what angered everybody, I'd say, in the ground. But just as much as anger, it's it's not just frustration. It's really, really disappointing, as the old saying goes. And that is frustrating, Don. Like the, you know, David mentioned there, you have two good games against Shams and then Pats. And then, you know, we were disappointed after a game against Dundalk, but then it's... Saturday was just... Yeah. Shit show. Story like that's the only way you can describe your own and be honest with you. Like there's ways sorry, there's there's ways of losing games of football and the way we lost on, on Saturday night there's no way to lose a game of football. Like you you can't be when you're at home, you can't be out fought, you can't have another team come to your patch and want more than you. Like it's that's it's it's criminal and it's it's more disappointing. It's it's I don't know, I don't know how you describe it. Just, I suppose for me, I I was working in the coffee shop uh, before the game, so I was I was in good and early, and I'm not gonna mention any names, but I saw two players uh, coming into the ground. They're both injured, and they had their civvies on. Now, to me, before a ball is even kicked, that sent out such a bad signal to me as a supporter. Like you're either a team or you're not. Like if they're not playing, they should have like tracksuits, like Rose tracksuits on. Now, maybe there's a genuine reason why they were, didn't have them on, but at the same time, if they're in the grounds, they're coming, they're sitting up with the rest of their colleagues, they should have their their, their their uniform on, that's it. And it's not the first time this season, a couple of games ago, and again, not mentioning any names, I saw another player that, that was injured at the time, him in his civvies during the game. Saturday is, is, is work day. Saturday, it's the day that you're going on your crust. You're either playing as a team, you dress as a team, you dress as one, you go out on the pitch, you fight for each other, you die for each other. You die for your for yourselves, for your own per- professional pride or whatever it is. And you regardless of if you get bet, any side rowers fan will take a team getting bet. We're well used to it. But there's ways to beat and beat. And and you don't get bet by by having Damien Duff come down here with a, a team, by the way, that we should have fucking hammered above in, in, in Tonka Park. Like we owed them one. You know, and, and to come down and let them out muscle us, out fight us, out desire us. It's just, I tell you, it's. I was that frustrated. And if anyone who knows me, and I'm the whole time on here giving out about referees and refereeing decisions and the whole lot, I couldn't even muster giving Neil Doyle's stick on, on Saturday night. I was that, I was that upset over the, the over the way we performed Saturday night. You know, like like John Russell is a great manager, and John Russell is a like. Everybody, I think that 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 knows anything about John Russell or that that can see what he's doing on the club. 
we back him 110%. But the players, it's, it, there's nothing I wouldn't think on, on John Russell, what happened on Saturday night, but the, the players that everyone at the planet of Jersey, they have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, did I put my best foot forward? Did I give 110% on the football pitch tonight? It's a professional pride, regardless whether you give two shites about like Rovers or not. You're a professional footballer. Be fucking professional. Go out and play the game as best as you possibly can. That's all anyone asks. And they didn't do that on, on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know, but like, there's no player absolutely from one to however many subs we use can say that they give 100% there. Because if they did, if that's 100%, well then they shouldn't be playing the game. Um, and it's it's more from, you know, like, I think as, as fans that by and large we are very uh, supportive, we are very patient, but we're at the end of the day, we are football supporters. And, you know, you expect a certain level of aptitude and um, players been at it, pressing, tackling, making an effort. You know, being brave on the ball, the ball was just going sideways. It was absolutely was, like it was boring to watch, absolutely boring. Um, and as they say, like a few minutes ago, there as the game went on, we faded more. As the game went on, I faded more. Like there was nothing for the crowd to get excited about, to get off their seats. There was, you know, people trying to start songs and chants, but sure, you couldn't. What, what was there to chant about? But, but even before that, um, before that, uh, the game, I actually watched uh, Everton against Manchester City. And uh, Mason Holgate, he came off maybe an hour into the game. And, um, you know, the, the park end at Goodison were booing him. And I just thought, like, that's fucking pathetic, booing your own player. Um, and, like, in fairness to, to Holgate, and I know I'm not talking about Silo Rovers now, but... Like Hogan played left back for Everton against uh, Riyad Mahrez, probably the best, one of the best wingers in in world football, right? Yeah, look, Hogan, you know, he, you know, Mahrez gave him an absolute horrid time, but you've got a lad there playing out of position against one of the best uh, wingers in English football, world football, whatever. And uh, but Hogan gave it absolutely everything he had, gave everything he had, and he was nearly crying when he came off the pitch. He was so disappointed. But I, or Slag Rover supporters, would never abuse anybody that we see given their 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 best or 100%. And I don't know, I just kind of... I just hope that players don't take us for granted either because, like, as we always say, we're not fans, we're supporters. Like, we put our hand in our pocket to to make do the best that we can for our players or we work hard in our you know, in our spare time, we give every minute. And I just hope that, yeah, maybe because we're not roaring and shouting and giving out or booing or anything like that, that, that we don't care just as much. We, we care more than any football fan in the world, in my opinion, because we do it day in, day out to put a team out on the pitch. It's not, there's nobody backing this club up or I know you might come from, you might come from a foreign country. You might come from another place in the UK or Ireland or wherever. You might think, ah, oh, fuck's life. Who the fuck are they? You know, don't really give a shit about them. But we give a shit. And there's no fans that give a shit more than what we do. And all we're asking for is, you know, you might be having a great game and that's okay. Not, not everybody's going to have a great game every week. You might go through a bad month, whatever. But just have a bit of bottle, a bit of fight. And don't, you know, be getting basically a walkover. 
uh, against a very workmanlike team. You can have all the ability in the world, but all we're asking for you to do is put in a shift for us. That's all we're asking. Just put in a shift for us. If you don't want to, if you don't care about Sly Rovers or, you know, just do it for yourself and please do it for us too. That's all, you know. Just really, uh, you know, and like, you don't be, you know, we're not miles off the pace either, but like, you can't have, you can't have uh, performances like that. And like, who am I to tell them? But at the end of the day, I bust my balls like everybody else. And that's not really acceptable. Yeah, I think you're right, Jerry. There's there's nothing to be said out of place there because all any football fan wants no more than ourselves in the position we're in and, as, and all the different points you've, you've made there as well is to just be add, empty the tank out there. It might not go your way football-wise. It might not go. You might not get the second ball. You might not get the bounce. But like you said, put the effort in and just run. The, the, the crowd will feel off that if you, if you start putting in the effort, you know. It was, it was a comedy of errors on, in other areas where, like I said, you couldn't really blame the pitch. Bad touches, the wrong decision, the flat crowd because of what how things were going on the pitch. It all added up to be a, just a shit show of a night. Um, and as you said, and and Donald, I think, said it as well, in terms of the players need to have a long, hard look at themselves for that performance on Saturday night. Because the manager's hurting, they know the fans are hurting. Like, obviously, Rustler, I'm sure, has given it to them. But they need to, they need to rally on themselves. And have a, maybe you know players only meeting to go, lads. That's bollocks and cannot happen again. You see it in the most extreme circumstances in bigger leagues where typically in an away performance, when someone gets hockeyed or puts in a performance like that, it's not going to happen here, obviously, because due to the finances of the club, where they go, you know what, we're going to reimburse the travel or whatever. But that's the kind of performance it was at home. And it's just not acceptable. I'm not suggesting that in any way, shape, or form before people hear this and start having to go. It's completely different circumstances, but that's on the extreme level of how bad Saturday was. So, look, I'm sure the players are hurting. I know they are. They're going to be hearing it. They're going to know it's going to be flat around the town. We said how big a month May is with three out of four at home and going down to Cork with no manager. And now now Friday's a must-win game. I know we're obviously talking about the Cork game later on, but you have to go out and perform. In my opinion, you have to go win the game. But you need to up your levels and, and show that you're fighting for the fighting for the badge in the front of the on the front of the jersey rather than just the name on the back. Because if you don't do that, the name on the back is where fuck go and it's not going to do anything for you. I suppose so. I would say well, two things. Uh, I will commend. I know it certainly wasn't Greg Budger's uh, greatest performance, and he he probably I'm sure he'd, he'd admit to that himself. He had a good few more than one in a misplaced passes. But I'd say one thing about Budger. He didn't stop going for 19 minutes. Even with three goals down and and, and probably an injury time, he was still giving everything. Uh, so, I mean, like, David Cawley, when he came on, got stuck in, made a couple of big tackles. You know, like, he showed that he cared. He, you know, and in fairness, Will Fitzgerald, I thought as well, like, he didn't stop going. Probably there's nobody in the box from the cross to, because there's nobody from midfield looking to bust their gut to kind of, to get in there, to, to, to get on the end of something. But they were, I think they were the only three players that could have, well, with any kind of a uh, bit of credit in, in in my own personal uh, my own personal view, I thought uh, what I was thinking about uh, players. I would say that uh, it was uh, I think it was after the first goal between the first and the second goal. Uh, Bogdan was out jumped by uh, Mercoil in midfield. Like Bogdan must be a foot taller than Mercoil. Like Mercoil has no business winning the header in midfield against Bogdan, and he did. And that like. You know, like that, that I think sets a tone. Uh, 
when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. Being honest with you, um, the, 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 whatever whatever chance we had, then their their uh, their second goal sucked life out of us altogether. And again, I don't want to be singling anybody out, but like Luke has to own the six yard box. And I'm sorry, it's it's happened too too many times this season. Um, you know, it's it's nearly like an elephant in the room at this stage. Like that six yard six yard box is Luke McNicholas's. You have to command that box. And that's it. No excuses. Doesn't matter what fellas giving you we notes in the back. You have to be stronger. Do you know what I mean? Like like this is it's shit or get off the pot I know. Um like you know, you have to be mentally strong, you have to be physically strong, you have to fucking own the box. That's it, simple as that. Man up. And uh, just one other thing on the game as well. Uh, uh, and Nando, I love him, great fella. Obviously, uh, has a hard goal, but these passes, these telegraph passes that he gives from 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 I suppose uh, across to to, uh, to the wing. Like there's more than one way of playing the game, right? So so Nando, it's just instead of, all it says that ball that you keep hitting out of the defence, just maybe hit it into a corner or hit it into a channel. You know, like like give a ball, give a fella a ball, something to run onto, as opposed to like a flat pass or a relatively flat pass. Like Man City, probably the, the, the best team in in Europe and the world at the moment. When when a team are pressing Man City high, they don't try and pass the ball out. They actually hit a ball over the top and it handled or whatever fucking running onto it. You know, like that, that's how they beat the press. And that there has to be more, more than one way of, of playing the game of football. And there is. You, you adapt to whatever way your your opponents are playing. If 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 your if your style of play isn't suitable in a certain certain set of circumstances, you try something different. So you know, like your management on the pitch, you have to see these things and you have to react to them. You know, like you're well. You're professional footballers. You're making a living doing this. I, I'm a fucking gobshite on a, on a podcast. Has the clue what he's on about. You know, like anyway. Look, as I say, this is the team that has come back. Like you've got, you've come back fucking uh, from behind twice in UCD to come back more than any other team. It's like Rovers team that I uh, from behind that I can remember. Like there's character in the team, but you need to refine it again. That that's all I'm saying. Um, for yourselves and and for us, because uh, like Europe is slipping away, performances like that, Europe is slipping away, and uh, you know if we don't start winning games and consecutive games, it's gone. Forget about it. So look at that's it. I I I say no more. As I don't like signaling people out, but it's just a couple of things that that really I suppose that stuck with me after the game. And I think you're right in what you're saying. Um. Don't, it's not just, I don't think, yeah, we, we know Nando likes the diagonal and, and at times it is a bit flattering, miscues it, and that's fair enough. But I think we were obviously too nice on Saturday night, but we played too much football in front of him. And as Jerry said earlier, it wasn't working, it was boring, it was it was sideways all the time. And there was nobody actually sitting beside me, but I kept saying it out loud anyway. Just turn them, just fucking turn them and give them something different to think about. Because if you keep going into feet, which is the strength of Max's play, and obviously he wasn't playing because of his injury. Um, I was like, just just stop passing the ball around in front of him and turn them. Give him if if nothing else, that flat, almost horizontal ball, the diagonal, but it was going horizontal the way it was going. Put it in behind so it's not going out for a, a goal kick. Stick them down the corner, regroup and press them higher, or just ping one and give somebody something to onto. You just don't know what could come out of it. But I felt that and. and you made that point that I completely forgot about. It was just, 
They played in front of them far too much. They made it way too easy for them to get their two banks of four or five or whatever way they played. And we just we just made it too easy. We just didn't give them any any sort of a different option to 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 turn, get in behind, and like that. Once they got the ball and got out, got stuck in. That's that was what killed me on on Saturday night. Yeah, and whatever about missing uh, uh, Max, I think number ten position is a huge problem for us. Um, and maybe it's kind of no coincidence that. The two lads that we really signed for that position are maybe from Northern European leagues or where they've come in here and they seem to be just kind of caught cold. They, they, they look like kind of rabbits caught in the headlights um, and they don't really seem to be up for it. And maybe that's a coincidence because then you've got Branaflack and he's done really well. And, you know, but just, you know, we needed, we needed two of them to be good. We, we definitely needed one to be good. And, you know, in fairness, they've had their chances and Saturday night was an example of where, right, we kind of, we didn't have maybe an out and out number nine, but you'd expect some movement, some forward play, some incisive passing or just balls around the corner or just fucking turn the defenders and give them something to think about. Like, we didn't do any of that at all. And it's like, these two bucks have been fucking landed in a UFO from the moon. Do you know, it's just like, I know players need time to settle and you could see even in, you know, they have one or two nice touches or, you know, Bogdan had one or two nice passes, but you can't, you can't live off, you can't live off 90 minutes of one or two nice passes. You need to be doing it every minute and pressing and probing and, you know, fucking testing the, the, the their centre backs or just even put a ball down the fucking channel. Like, we're not even doing that. It's just going sideways and backwards. So, I don't know. Fucking... That that's that for me is the the biggest disappointment um, of of the lot. So that needs to change. Just once, uh, sorry, uh, just on, on the game as well. Uh, in case there was any, uh, in case there was any, I suppose uh, one wonderment in anybody's head regarding the the fours lads walking out. Uh, it had nothing to do with the performance. Just I suppose just to say that as well. In case the, the players or management thought. That that's the reason why they left it wasn't it wasn't until do that. I'm sure they've seen it in social media themselves anyway. But now it's time for your shouts from the shed end. You can get them in after each game on a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767 or on email at two podcast at borst.ie and we can hear those now. What's the story, lads? James from Gertrude slash Gala here. Uh, didn't get to watch the game last night at the time and I didn't get to the showgrounds but I watched it back this morning on Sunday and I don't know what to say to be honest um, shocking absolutely shocking um, I think a couple of weeks ago I, I sent in a voice note I was on about um, being worried about Max Mata and what had happened if he got injured but even with him yesterday even if he was to play um, it was shocking it would have been shocking anyway and brutal performance, sickening to be honest. And no desire, no nothing, no no nothing. It was it was shocking, and and that's putting it very lightly. And look, injuries and all. I know that we have a lot of injuries, and you know that's probably something that has to be addressed as well. We'd wonder where all the injuries are coming from. And I think it might have been Donald was on about it last week. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it's it's worrying enough now. 
Um, I think there's is there ten points between us and and um, ninth. I think off the top of my head, something like that. Um, so things will have to be addressed very very quickly. Um, because I don't know. I think the last couple of weeks have been very up and down. Um, you know, very high highs and very low lows. I think so. We just dust ourselves off again, I suppose, and move on. But we have a massive game now next weekend, and you know, uh, some very tough fixtures between now and the, the mid-season break or whatever you call it. So, yeah, in a few weeks' time, we might—you uh, never know where we could be in the table. So, just have to wait and see, I suppose. But still have to keep turning up supporters as well. You know, performances like that are really going to hit them. Hit attendances hard, very, very hard. Um, but I think people still have to, you know, you still have to keep committing. You still have, still have to support the boys through thick and thin and call out the bullshit when you see it. Um, but anyways, cheers, lads. Hopefully a more positive voice note for you next week. Alan Cairns here with a very disappointing show from the shed end. 24 hours after last night's defeat and it doesn't get any easier to stomach. I mean, definition of stupidity, doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. And if that was a word reference in the Oxford Dictionary, it'd be Sligo Rovers 2023. We just gift teams goals now at this stage. I mean, it's like Christmas come down here. Three points, easy goals, thanks very much, back in the bus. Shells aren't going to get an easier three points away from home. I mean, you, you talk about football and getting back to basics in the defeat, and you look at that and say, right, size five over 24 by eight, just get it across the line. But when you don't even hit the target in 97 minutes, it's criminals. I mean... Kieran's could have gone over to Mooney's and sat there and got back in the bus and asked the boys what happened in the game. He'd absolutely nothing to do about kickouts. That's criminal, you know, that's absolutely criminal, regardless if you don't have Max Manor playing. At least get a shot on target. 97 minutes, no shots on target. Oh man, that's. Oh, crazy, 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 crazy. But then, I left the ground, I didn't know whether I was numb or disappointed or what. I mean, the team, to me, I look what player played bad, who could to blame, and you couldn't really anyone. They were set up to play as they played. It's out of possession, it was terrible. No intensity, no fight, no spirit. Johnny referenced it in his aftermatch as well. But for the manager to be 10 yards away to see it, and OK, he wants to keep his demeanour on the sideline and get them in a half-time, but if you can't shake them up and get into their head, and they come out and do the same again, there's a red flag there straight away. Um, so the game itself, there's not much more you can say about it. But after the game, was a disappointing. To see the players scarper down the tunnel as quick as they can and leave Johnny a lone figure, at least he faced the music. He took abuse, he apologised, and he applauded the fans that were left. But the players scarpered. And to me, that was that is definitely a red flag again, that they left him there on his own. I mean, the players take all the plaudits when they win. Go over to the Forza lads and the rest of the fans and... You know, they'll wait on the pitch and just lap it up. But, you know, after last night, just walking off from disappointment. And as I say, a pat on the back is only six inches from a kick in the arse. And if you'd ask some of those fans last night, straight after the game, with a gun to their head, it's Johnny or their team. I'd be worried if I was a player for Sligo Rovers if, if the fans didn't make that choice last night. And just finally, on fans online saying they were embarrassed last night. Never been embarrassed being a Sligo Rovers fan. We're 95 years in business and we borrowed and scrimpered and scraped to keep the club alive. And to put a team on the pitch, regardless of results, is great pride every weekend. So to those Sligo Rovers fans that sit embarrassed, never be embarrassed. Just be full of pride that it's your team and it's your contribution, keeping the club alive and giving us a team to support. 
But for the players, it should have got off the pot time. Right, lads, let's keep the faith and hold on with the our fingernails to what's left on it. And the next couple of games are going to be crucial, not only for the club this season, but for, I think for the management team also, which is disappointing and hard to say, but that's the reality of it, lads. That's the reality of it. Over and out, lads. Keep the faith. Up the bit of red. That's your shouts from the shed in. Don't forget you can get them in after Friday night's game at Turner's Cross. You can get them in on a WhatsApp voice note 085-815-9767 or on email to podcast at borst.ie. Right, lads, moving on to the next part um, we can touch on is the senior women's team. They got their first win this season on Saturday night, Donald. Yeah, Ronan, brilliant. Uh, delighted for them. Um, long time coming and you could, I suppose, the, the sense of the last couple of performances was that it was coming. Um, in fairness, like, they've had a really, really difficult start to the season, but they've stuck together and um, as I was just saying to Casey earlier on, you learn more sometimes from defeat than what you do from victories. And I think, I hope anyway, this is going to be the launching pad for them for the rest of the season. They're a young squad, they're full of talent, and uh, it's great to see them get a well-deserved three points up the board. And it's three points and it's a clean sheet as well, David. Yeah, um, not too much more to add from what Don was saying. Look, it's been a long, hard season. Um, performances are gradually getting better. It was a sense that there was a win. And some points to, to be put on the board and delighted for them to do it, you know, because it's a long win, winless run. But, you know, Steve stuck to the plan, got the girls going and, and they're, they are a very young squad. You know, they really are. And as you say, you have to learn quick in that league. I know it's second, se- second season, they might go second season syndrome. But yeah, look, they can, they can push on from here. Tough game at home next um, against Shells. But look, we're not, we're not talking about that but until we get, get past that result. But They've treated in again after that, and the old M one after they they got beat up in the showgrounds as well. So yeah, looking congrats to all the players and all the backroom staff on the first win of the season. There'll be plenty more points coming on the board uh, very very soon, I'm sure. And Jerry Casey has scored twice, so it's it's good to see. You know, Casey has put in good performances this year and two goals. Yeah. You know, some of her season so far. Yeah, and she's got a really good scoring record. You know, from when she was with um, Linfield and Glentoran, like she nearly scores. Uh, one goal every she nearly scores what three out of four I think uh, appearances so she has that pedigree and in her locker to score goals so it was great that she got off the mark and you know I suppose it's taken her a little bit of time just to kind of bed in and get up to the the, the pace and, and speed of the league so uh, she's a quality quality player and look she's a Northern Ireland international as well and I suppose just going back to the it was great to keep a clean sheet as well and I think three in the back four like are, are 19 uh, so that's you know it can it can only it can only get better and they can only learn and get more experienced and you know take each game as it comes now and see where they end up at the end of the season but I think this season will probably be just as beneficial as the first one in that you know you will learn more and it will kind of make you more gritty and determined and cuter and kind of just more knowledgeable Uh going into games so I, I like as I said before I'd be very positive about the future um, and just take each game as it comes and see where it takes you Shell's obviously going to be a tough one and again as we said there look we owe Treaty one and we're well capable of maybe getting a point from Shell's and maybe getting three from, from Treaty and all of a sudden then you know you're off off and running so yeah all good and just keep the faith 
with the senior women's team getting their first three points of the season on Saturday with a 2-0 win over Cork City. We were joined by the player that got the two goals in that game, Casey Howe. Casey began with telling us the feeling after picking up the victory in Cork on Saturday. Oh, you know, we were all buzzing, you know. It's been a tough start to the season and I suppose it goes without saying, every game, every game's real tough in this league and you know, we've we've been on the wrong side of a lot of results this season. So to finally get them three points, especially on that big long trek down to Cork, you know, it was it was great. Uh, and then the feeling on the way ha- home, at least you're coming home happy, you know. There's been a good few games played so far this season and you know, you must be thinking, is it ever going to come? But to, to get it is, you know, I suppose you're hoping to build from this. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, the start of the season, it's it's been really, really tough. You know, we've been in games. We've, we've lost a few games by just a single goal. You know, we have like we've been we've been up there with teams. We've just conceded silly goals or from set pieces, you know, and the past two weeks we've been working on, you know, we've changed it up a bit and tried to limit the the amount of opportunities like Bose had and the, obviously the amount of opportunities Cork had. So, you know, it like we're now trying to build on that. We can't just celebrate that victory. Now we, we have to go on and uh, replicate it again next week and start building on it and start uh, limiting Shell's chances now next week as well. So it's just the start of it. We need to start building now and uh, replicating performances every week. And go back to the start of the season you know, you came into the start of the season. How did your move to Sligo Rovers come about? Uh, so I would have known Steve and Jay through my time at Bonham Allard. I used to play uh, with the boys when I was younger. And they kind of always kept me in mind. And then um, they gave me a kind of phone call during, like just before pre-season um, to give me the, the, see if I wanted to come down. And I was more than happy to come down and give it a go, you know, something different to, to the league in the north. So, yeah, I was buzzing then to get started. And you touch on the league in the north. You played for Linfield and Glentoran, so two big clubs. Certainly, yeah. uh, like, is there much of a difference between the women's Premiership to the women's Premier Division here? Yeah, I think uh, the League of Ireland is a lot more physical. Um, you've a lot bigger players, and I feel like the league is a lot tighter. And um, where you look at a few results that have happened over the the past few weeks and. Uh, everyone can beat each other. So whereas there's a bit more of a divide in the league in the north, but again, I think it's it's quite a technical league. So there's there's a few differences, but yeah. And is there does good. the pressure come with the likes of playing for the likes of Linfield and Glentoran that are massive clubs around Belfast? Um, you know, I think when you're playing for the likes of Linfield and Glentoran, you're expected to win every week. So, um, I suppose it it does come with a bit of pressure, but you know. As it, as you would with every team, you just take every game as it comes and focus just focus on the next game and uh and then you kinda as soon as you step on the pitch the pressure disappears and you just go out and play. And touch on as well that you know, your time you were playing with those clubs, you got international recognition and how, how proud were you to, to represent your country in that? Oh yeah, Dad. I was over the moon, you know, when when Kenny did give me the call to to call me in for one of the camps. Um, it kind of came as a shock to me because I'd just come off the back of my under-19 qualifiers. So uh, it was quite a shock, but I was I was over the moon then to make my debut out in Spain um, in a friendly competition. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was a proud moment. And you'll be hoping for, for more caps down the line, hopefully, with some, some good performances with Sligo Rovers, I'm sure. 
Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'd definitely be looking to get more more senior international caps. And go back to I suppose playing for Sligo Rovers. Like, um, did you know much about the team before you joined, or did you have to do a bit of a bit of research? Um, I didn't actually. Uh, I'd kind of been following the League of Ireland like at a distance. Uh, when I'd been playing with the Glens, and um, I I didn't know anybody apart from Steve and Jay when when I joined. But I came down and said I'd try a few training sessions before I really made my mind up and um everyone made me feel really welcome and uh, I really enjoyed it so yeah it was good then once I got once I kind of gelled in with everyone it was it was great. Casey sorry from Enniskillen all the time are you? Yeah uh, I'm in college in Belfast but I live in Enniskillen. Jesus for you. Yeah yeah, I'm kind of just I'm used to the traveling now. I've did it since I was a kid, so yeah, because I know that, really that even that road I know to, uh, from Enniskillen to Sligo is not the greatest of roads in, in places like no, no. definitely not. No. It has I, to be done. I suppose playing with like you know, it's, it's a young the Sligo team is a young team, and kind of it's it's all of you know, as much as the first year might have been about learning, but certainly the, there is certainly the players there to, to push on and do well. Like. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a very, very young team, um, and like once as soon as we start getting experience, you know, this is only the second year in the league. So once the experience starts and players get used to, you know, the league and the standard of the league, you know, we can really, really push on. And I suppose the be- the benefit of having young players is there's plenty of time, and there's you can keep, if as long as you keep them like and stay as a team and stay together. In a few years' time, like anything's possible, you know what I mean. And touch on the present Shelburne Rolling Town on on Saturday. It'll be uh, if, if anything like the the last game between the two teams at Showgrounds, it'll be a good one. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm looking forward to. It. I played Shelburne just in a few like preseason friendlies up when I was at the Glens. You know, and they're always always tough games. So I'm like on a personal note, really looking forward. To it, you know. Um, coming especially coming off the back of the result against Cork, you know, don't really want to get carried away, but still, if we can perform, you know, I think we can really put it up to them. Hopefully, that result at the weekend will bring a bit of a crowd. Uh, with, with weather and the whole lot being all right, like that, there should be good crowd there to support you on anyway. Yeah, definitely, it's been great. The sport we've had this season have been has been really, really good. So, I like it's it's actually for me personally, anytime. You hear the crowd when you've hit a tackle or like you've took someone on. It's been great like hearing the crowd. So just hopefully we can get a big crowd again to the Shelburne game. And I know for me personally, it definitely helps. So I'm sure it definitely helps the rest of the team as well. I see it was a good buzz coming back in the bus on, uh, on Saturday. I wasn't on the bus. No? No, because I just travelled direct. Um. Just because it's handier to travel from Enniskillen to Cork, but yeah, um, from the photos and stuff I seen, there was definitely a good crack on the bus, raging and missed yeah. it. So yeah, best best luck, Casey, and fair play to you. Uh, I know it, the wind was a long time coming, but you, you you could sense that you're knocking on the door, and like I suppose you probably learn more a lot a lot of times you learn more from a defeat than what you would do from a victory. Like so, definitely, definitely. The, the start of the season has been character building for you, no doubt about that, and. Like you're a young, yeah. you're 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 a young, exciting squad. Some great players in, in the in the team, and we're all looking forward to watch you develop over the over the coming season. 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it has been tough, but we've all stuck together, which has been the main thing. You know, yeah. People could have easily threw the head up and said, you know, well, it's not not worth it. But we've all stuck together, which mm-hmm. has been really positive. So hopefully, we can really drive that into Saturday and get a real good result on Saturday. So I say now we're joined by Gary Buckley, central defender at Stoke Rovers. Gary, first of all, welcome to the podcast. No worries, man. thanks for having me. So, Gary, I suppose one place to start. How is the recovery going? First of all, uh, yeah, recovery's going well. Um, I'm probably exactly where I'm supposed to be at this stage. Um, doing all the steps and legs feels fine, knee feels stable, strong, all the muscles, and I suppose we're just going through the protocols now of step by step and back in training for the last few weeks with the boys doing half sessions and yeah, itching to get back now as you can imagine like and uh, give the boys a bit of a help just watching over the last eight months hasn't been easy something I'm not used to that, like my whole, my whole career but itching out to get back now in the next four six weeks and you touch on that like it's the, it's the long process that you know I suppose people don't they don't see what goes on but it, it certainly is a you know it's it's all about really, I suppose, building up your leg for from to, to you know start again. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like I was like, I think I was off crutches and after two weeks, like, and I was running on a pitch after in the start of January. So I just goes to show how long it it is. Like it's not like a broken leg where you're off your feet for long. It's you really have to kind of strengthen up around the knee. The graft has to really kind of integrate with the other ligaments in the knee and stuff like that. So it's a strange process, obviously, but. Uh, I suppose it's just the cards I was dealt like, you know, and I have to get on with it and keep my head down and keep working hard and try and stay involved as much as possible. Uh, obviously, stay and slowly go full time. I uh, want to be involved with the boys as much as I can. And like I said, I'm itching to get back in now and uh, get back involved. Mentally, it must be tough, Gary, just trying to keep just keep your mind taking over, over during the process like that, is it? Or... Yeah, it is. Um, to be fair, like, like I said, it's it's something I'm not used to. I haven't had any in- injuries my whole career, like since I made my debut nearly twelve years ago, eleven years ago. Um, besides little niggly muscle muscle injuries, like I've never been out long country for weeks, so it's definitely been something new. But um, yeah, it can get kind of lonely. That's more that's more than anything. Like I I, I always love being involved around groups and like you're going away for away trips and in meetings and stuff like that, like on buses and dressing rooms, throwing train, and I loved all that, like. And it was just so long. Like I, I'm just going to the gym on my own every day, going to the pool, doing my gym, out on the pitch, running on my own. It, it's probably like mentally it's tough, but you get over it. But it was just lonely being on my own. Obviously, I'd Mark Burn with me as well. Um, we both kind of different stages at times, but yeah, it can get very lonely. But I suppose I, I, I had a baby at home as well. He was only three months old when I did my injury, so yeah, he kept me occupied. Like so, it wasn't too bad there as well. And that probably gives be, you a new, it probably gives you a new appreciation though for the mundane stuff like, you know, yeah. like bus trips or meetings and stuff like that, and you yeah. know, probably, yeah, it's just the buzz, like it's the, it's the buzz around the players bantering and, and stuff like that, like or hammering each other or jokes and this yeah. and that, and you don't get that. Like I'm going to the gym, the boys are going training, I'm going to train, and I'm like I'm off, I'm off to play, and I'm off doing my own stuff on the treadmill and the pool and. It's lonely, like that's just all it is. It's just so lonely doing stuff on your own. You want to be all about the boys, and that's probably that's probably the best part of football. I obviously, love playing matches, but it's the you know when you match once a week, it's the little things every day. We're with the boys and stuff like that, like the crack, and, and I just missed that. Like so, in the last last couple of months now, I've been back on involved room on pitch work and stuff. So the head's coming back slowly. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> 
And are you a good spectator when you're when you're watching matches? Are you, are you kicking every ball? This week I wasn't a great spectator, no, but um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be too bad to be honest. Uh, dying to dying to get out there, like when you're when you're watching it, especially when I was injured so long and the, I couldn't really see an end goal. It was especially then the last season where I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to miss another five six months. So that kind of way was tough, but like I said, I I had a little targets did all the time and. John Russell was saying it to me the whole time, like, have little targets where you could just meet him rather than looking at the bigger picture, where it's like, all right, you're back after nine months, or have little targets where get to the operation, strengthen up legs, just little targets, like, get back in your feet, back in the pool, and that's all I'd done, really. Um, had little targets, and yeah, it was tough, but I'm already there now, thank God. Yeah. And you had, to, you had to help your brother, your brother Michael, out as well uh, during your recovery. Um. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it was kind of ideal in a way, really, that um, I probably would have missed about a month with him. I also gave him a, a bone marrow transplant. He was happy with Dublin for chemo and a transplant. I was the match for him. And uh, I probably would have missed. So it was kind of ideal in a way, like, I can do one's one, so I would have been out anyway. But, yeah, I took, again, bone marrow with my lower back. But it didn't really set me back anywhere. I had a bit of pain for a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, that's all subsided now and stuff, so... Yeah, and he's he's doing well as well the last couple of weeks yeah. and he's kicking on and I'm 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 starting to get better and back and forth, so life is starting to improve. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's an amazing thing to do and it's great to hear that he's uh he's on the mend as well and that's you know, like uh football kind of pales into significance when uh you have to do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely does. Um when it comes to life and death, like there's, there's nothing more important yeah. than that, like especially with your families like you lose a football game all you want like if you're playing again next week you go again like but because if, you're, if your family members you know something like that happens it doesn't that's all that matters like and it's only healthy to happy like who, who, who wouldn't do it in my position like I'm delighted that I was a match and delighted I could help him and he thinks that he's going to make a comeback in football because he's got my ball marrow inside him <laughs> 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 we could do with him Gary I know make sure a bit more right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> and we touch on uh, Friday night, Gary. Like it's a it's a familiar place for yourself, Turner's Cross. I suppose. You point, do you look back on your your time with Cork City with fondness? I have that, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't see why I wouldn't. Like we won so much, had so many good matches and won leagues and playing in Europe. So many good times. My hometown club, club I supported since I was five years old. Obviously, at the end, it kind of got a bit weird, where there was so many changes, managers, boards. They were going different, and listen, it just is what it is. I didn't think I'd ever leave Cox City, if I'm being completely honest with you. I always thought I'd be there, but that's football. Like, you know, these things happen. Um, always see you want to do well, obviously, when they're not playing against, when they're not playing against us. But, uh, yeah, that's football, and I love my time there. Like, winning winning leagues, as you probably know, like, it was like, oh, when, when provincial clubs win, win leagues and cups, like, it's different to Dublin clubs. It's... Um, could be so good for the community in the area, like, and when it comes, then by them, the other things you would never forget in your career, like, you know what I mean? You wouldn't, you wouldn't get in glory leagues in England, so when um, when it comes in leagues for a local team as well, especially, it's things you definitely wouldn't forget. No, you know how you said, like, um, you're probably four to six weeks away, Gary. Um, does that yeah. like what what does that actually mean? Uh, back playing, I'd say, yeah, I'd say back available for a match day squad, probably. Towards the end of next month, I'd say probably after the break, maybe. So I'm back. Um, I'm back. I'm doing half sessions now. 
with the team like doing warm ups, passing drills, little possession. We'll be getting back in full training probably towards the end of the month. And then I nearly have about three, four weeks on a full training with the boys. And hopefully touch wood all going well, no interruptions that get back in and hopefully get back in, get into the team and help the boys out. Like I said, be another option also when you need a couple injuries, especially at the back as well. And so hopefully I can help the boys out if I can. Did you recover to you? Fair play to you. Um, for, uh, yeah. we, we, we definitely, no we, we, missed your, uh, we missed your presence in the pitch anyway, the last, last couple of yeah. games. You know. huh? Yeah, yeah, sure. That, that's high, that's hindsight, I suppose. We were doing well. We forgot. Yeah, but that's it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. hindsight. That's football. But yeah, yeah no, it's just, it's just tough that I'm, I'm watching it and I can't, I can't help them. Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of tough where like, I can't give my help. Or, well, I feel like I'm in the dressing room, I'll give them chat away. Yeah. Like, that's that. Like, so I'll give yeah. that bit of experience back to boys where obviously they're doing a lot of young players as well. But trying to try help them in some way possible if I can, like little things and training and pushing people on and, and stuff like that in matches and tips. But Trying to say much about, but it's not like getting being out there and yeah. trying to make an impact on the game. That's what I always want to do, whether it was defending or attacking. That's 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 my game. Like. Yeah. How would you feel about if you had to step into the number ten role? I'd probably have a cardiac arrest. I'd say. I didn't do my ACL. No, I I say I would be able for that. Um, <laughs> no, geez, them days are done. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I was never a number ten initially. Anyway, like, uh, I suppose when I first went there, when John put me there, I kind of had a knack. I was face up and down like a pitch. I was like this scrawny little fella, like yeah. And um, just get up and down to score, get in the box, score goals, and I was never like a naturally attacking player. I always had more kind of like defensive attributes, kind of reading the game. Where I wasn't going the other way, but it was kind of hindsight in the way that it happened to me in Sligo. I didn't think I end up going back there so soon, but. Kind of blessing the skies in a way as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll take you back in. Put me on goal. Yeah, I'll go anywhere. Once I'm yeah. there, not understand. Not understand. What are you playing off, Gary? What are you playing off the golf? What's your handicap? Sixteen. No, I think it is that. Not about three up Ross's point, is it? Ross's point. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, sorry. It's on a summer there, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the weather's good. Yeah, yeah, something oh, like view, Views and all that. Yeah. I think it's the breeze. The breeze is a killer. Yeah. I'm going to blame the breeze, not me. Breeze is shocking out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's wide. Wide. Very yeah, so wide. Yeah. <laughs> blame everything but me, yeah. 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 Right, lads. Final person this week's show. Big trip, long trip to Cork. On Friday night, Donald. Um, was there first of all, there's a familiar face in the dugout for Cork. Yeah, Liam Buckley, um, a man that knows us very, very well, and he knows a lot of our uh, current squad as well. Um, I'm sure Liam will be down there, and um, not that he he's anything to prove, I suppose, in the league. In fairness to him, he's, he's done it all. He's a great manager and a great servant of our club during his, his time here. But um, he'd be lucky to get one over on us. Um, so no more than every other game, uh, Cork are ninth to the table. But they've we were very well. I wouldn't say fortunate, but certainly they made us work very hard to to get a draw at home. Um, so they're going to put up to us on uh, on on Friday night in turns cross and the pack turns cross. And uh, again, if we have any chinks in our armor, if 
if we haven't got the belly for the fight, Cork will expose us. There's no two ways about it. And Jerry, I suppose it's kind of hoping that, you know, you're hoping for the win, but also just that everything else around it, the performance has to improve as well. Oh, yeah, that that's kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? Um, I don't think you could stomach two performances uh, like that in a row. So, yeah, it can only, it can only get better. Um, you know, you'd wonder how Cork are going to rea- react as well after the late, late, late defeat to Dundalk. Uh, in Dundalk there on Friday night um, plus as well uh, Keen Coleman uh, his um, his appeal was turned down so he's going to be suspended for the game along with the the Honahan lad who got two yellows so I know Keen Coleman's been doing particularly well for them so look hopefully that might might help us in, in, in that regard that they, they'll be weakened and maybe you know I think had they got a, a result in, in Oriel, it really would have spurred them. But like to lose the game so late in the circumstances in which they lost it, you know, hopefully they're kind of feeling sorry for themselves and we we can take advantage of that. Um, again, look, turns across a big pitch. Um, need to get the ball down and play. Um, but we need to earn the right to to play as well. Uh, first and foremost, and in this league, you know that definitely is the case of where you need to dig in and then play and you know and if you don't know that at, at this stage you shouldn't be in the sleep and David yeah uh, Cork not in a good run obviously uh, Buckley's in the dugout um, but they've lost six on the bounce uh, and now they've got two players suspended as Jerry just mentioned with Honahan and Coleman if ever there's time for a bounce back performance from our lads Friday night's the place to do it and um, Maybe it'll suit after the, the dismal performance last Saturday night to go away from home and try and get something down there and prove to, to everybody that they're a much better side than they have shown. So fingers crossed that is the case. Again, look, when you're when your individual battles, both physically and mentally, have to want it. You have to earn it. And, you know, you have to really go out there and almost die for the shirt at this stage after Saturday again. So it's not going to be an easy game. The, the players down there, Buckley will want to get one over, as Donald said, and they're getting really good crowds in Turner's Cross as well all season. And I don't think that'll be any different. The Cork fans will stick with them, even though they're not going well at all in the league. So again, another tough night. But yeah, the main thing is the performance and you'll take a 1-0 off someone's arse just to get three points back on the board as well. And um, predictions time, Donald? I don't know, Ron. Um, I'm going to go back be negative again. Um, just think 1-0 Cork. Jerry? Um, I think it'll be one all, um, Ronan. Um, unfortunately, I just can't see us getting a win at the moment. David, ending on bodies and who's back. I think we'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. Go. I'm gonna go with one nil. Four nil. One nil. to ourselves. Up you for you. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> some bit of fucking positivity, isn't it? Good lad. Good lad. I'll go for two one to ourselves. Bounce back ability and etc. etc. So Yeah, that we coined that one, didn't he? I think bounce back ability. Yeah, bounce back ability. <laughs> he Thanks. must have got his hair and yeah. oh, he must have, yeah. Only a barber for me, huh? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Donald. Thanks, Ronan. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers, Ronan. And uh, thank you, David. Cheers, Ronan. Cheers, lads. Up the boys. Now I know that things can only get better
Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. We went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. One more.